0: to Eurodollar University with Jeff Snyder. My name is Emil Kalinowski and in this show you're going to learn for a fact that the Federal Reserve doesn't know what it's doing. It doesn't understand money supply. They're going to admit it. They're going to admit it right on the show but now they're not going to know they admit it. That's what we've got Jeff here for. Jeff, the bill for QT during the week of August 19th this was the title of an article that is part of your Money and Macro Pro subscription with Steve Van Meter. Where can people go, sign up to be able to read this article?
1: At marketsinsiderpro.com. Uh, just register for now. It's for free. Uh, subscription. subscription will be added at some point in the future. You get the articles. You get, the, uh, get a, a daily briefing, which is a summary of economic and market events uh, every day. You get Steve's uh, Momentum Market Timer Pro. You get Tracy Shoe Cart's Oil and Gas Weekly Report. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can get at marketsinsiderpro.com.
0: We're going to be talking about U.S. Treasury bills. We're going to be talking about what the Federal Reserve did in September, October 2019 to U.S. Treasury bills, then how the Treasury came to everyone's rescue in April of 2020. And then we're going to discuss the most, the upcoming quantitative tightening (laughs) so-called quantitative tightening and how the plan for which financial assets they're going to let roll off and what they're going to sell shows proves that they don't understand how the monetary system runs jeff let's go back in time october 2019 one of the most damning damning actions of the federal reserve that shows they have no idea What's going on? What did they do in October 2019 all the way through March 2020? They bought Treasury bills. (laughs) That's just. Well, that's not so bad. No,
1: it sounds innocuous, right? And then the reason why, first of all, they bought Treasury bills, which was a huge mistake. And then the reason why they bought Treasury bills, which is just total crap. I mean, So we go back to September 2019, repo events. Something happened in the repo market. To this day, they've never really offered a compelling explanation because they don't really know what happened. Rates spiked
0: tremendously on the 16th, 15th, and 17th. It was all over the front page news the day of or before when Powell went up to speak in front of the press. So they had to address it. Repo rates through the roof, double digits, if I remember correctly. So it was on everyone's radar. The Fed, then in October, they did what you were going to say.
1: Yeah, and it was, yeah, you're right. It was the the repo rate spiked, which brought with it the federal funds rate that broke the upper bound of the range, which is why everybody saw, oh my God, the money markets are no longer obeying the Fed's mandates and targets and all this other stuff. And it also happened during what was supposed to be, what was supposed to get the mainstream attention, which was the Fed's rate cuts, because the Fed at that time mm-hmm. was saying, well, there's a little bit of a slowdown and we need to help out the little economy a little bit. So that second rate cut was overshadowed by this massive monetary disruption that nobody could explain. You heard everybody, all the TGA, this was the bank reserves, quantitative, all this other stuff. And to this day, nobody's really had an explanation for it because they don't really know what's going on in repo. They never use the word collateral no matter what happens. So the Fed said, how do we fix this? And by fix this, I don't mean how do they fix the repo market, is how do they fix people talking about the repo market? We need to get people to stop focusing on the repo market and start focusing back on rate cuts, because rate cuts are psychological stimulus, and it can't be psychological stimulus if everybody's ignoring the rate cuts by focusing on very clear monetary disruption, which is supposed to be what the Fed does. And so the Fed came up with this genius plan to try to thread this needle by How do we get people to stop talking about repo? Well, first, we'll create these repo operations, which are temporary in nature. So that doesn't raise the level of bank reserves, except for the operations that take place. Even though those are not repo operations, the vast majority of the public, certainly with the media telling them every day, they're going to believe this is a repo bailout. And that's what we want them to think that we're taking care of. But that's a short term fix. What's a longer term solution? Raise the level of bank reserves because that's what we do. We're the Fed. We raise the level of bank reserves, even though bank reserves really don't matter to anybody out there. So, but we can't raise the level of bank reserves using quantitative easing because if we use just QE, then the public will get the idea that we're actually worried about the economy. We're really worried about the system because for years we've told everybody. QE is the most potent monetary instrument there is. And if we're using the most potent monetary instrument there is, people are going to think, well, wow, we must really have a problem if the Fed is resorting to this most powerful, most potent monetary instrument. So the Fed had to raise the level of bank reserves without provoking a response in the public thinking, oh, this is really bad. What they came up with was, QE, but specifically targeting something else that QE had never specifically targeted before. So they could at least plausible deniability say to the public, oh, this is a different. This isn't quantitative easing because we're not buying treasury notes. We're not buying treasury bonds. We're going to give you some horse crap explanation about why that makes a difference when it really doesn't. And everybody's going to buy it. And so it's the best of both, best of every world for the Fed. They get people to stop talking about repo. They raise the level of bank reserves and they do it without it actually looking like a like the past quantitative easing programs. So they made a huge deal in October of twenty nineteen. This is not QE. We're just doing we're just fixing the repo market. Don't ask too many questions. And the way in the which they did this convoluted psychological game was by buying treasury bills, because that's really the only thing they could buy at that point, which as we talked about it at the time. We didn't have a show back then, but we talked about it at the time. And I wrote about it quite a lot. That was the worst mistake they could make.
0: Well, Jeff, I was going to do a whole joke here, how the audience says, well, that's very nice, Jeff. You're looking back and it, you've got 2020 hindsight. So big deal. It would have been nice if you had said anything at the time. It would have been nice if you had said something like this, quote unquote. Over here, in reality, the Fed will be simultaneously increasing the level of irrelevant bank reserves, removing top-notch T-bill collateral dealers don't want to part with, all while not appearing to stimulate an economy quite badly in need of some kind of actual aid. The real danger is in swapping T-bills for bank reserves. The latter has no place in repo, nor really as a replacement for repo. The former, however, are the best of the best the most pristine of pristine repo collateral. If you had written something like that, Jeff, then you would have standing right now in front of our audience that you were warning before March 2020 that what the Fed was doing was terrible. Why didn't you write something like this? I think I did. Word for word. (laughs) Oh, that was (laughs) you. That was you exactly. October
1: 2019. And I I think that was the very first week of not QE5. So this was October of 2019, and I wrote a couple of times before, you know, as March 2020 approached and you could see it coming, uh, I think even wrote a review in the first week of March saying, we're going to regret this not QE in the the Fed buying treasury bills. Eventually, the Fed admitted their mistake. They didn't, you know, Jay Powell (laughs) didn't come on TV and say, I screwed up. There was no academic paper published that said, yeah, this is this was a huge problem. But we know without fail, without ambiguity, the Fed knows that it's screwed up with its treasury bills. We know this on on 100% certainty. So the COVID was running rampant.
0: People were being, well, all right, I was going to make lots of COVID jokes, but there was a big financial crisis that was happening in March 2020. This is, of course, when they announced QE and all manner of projects so, of course, they would be buying bills, notes, bonds, tips, mortgage-backed securities, agency paper, everything, Jeff, to quote-unquote stimulate to clean up the mess, right? They're not, uh, they're not central bankers. They're grocery store clerks cleaning up the mess in the aisle already. So, after the crisis had that happened, that's what they were going to do. Except, Jeff, to your point, they did all of that except for bills. Yeah, They made sure not to touch them.
1: It was the exact opposite of October 2019, right? So in 2019, they said, we're only going to buy bills because we wanted to make it not look like QE. But then in the last week of March 2020, as you said, Emil, with this massive QE that's announced, which means they have to buy anything and everything. You know, why were they buying tips and MBS? Because they got to buy something. And so to raise the level of bank reserves, you need assets to purchase. And the one asset they did not purchase were treasury bills. So at the worst of the, and it was even worse than all that, because they had tried a number of things throughout that crisis. Right from the end of February, we had rate cuts. We had repo operations that became, these repo operations that became uncapped. None of it worked. I remember vividly, Sunday night, March 15th, in the middle of that crisis, they announced this massive QE expansion. And the markets immediately were bought, and then the stock markets immediately went up and then plunged the next day nothing had worked, nothing had, the Fed had tried all the stuff. Finally, they get to the last week of March with this menu of, we need to buy all of these things because we got to buy a lot of stuff. They stopped buying, they picked that moment to stop purchasing treasury bills. And that's, that's about as much of an explicit admission, confession of guilt as you'll ever see. When they had to buy everything, the one thing they didn't buy happened to be treasury bills.
0: And Jeff, don't forget, they were buying everything that they had not previously bought. Remember, corporate bonds, right? They were offering to repo U.S. Treasury securities to anybody, not just the foreign swaps, dollar swaps with the banks and Team West that they approve of. They were now saying any central bank, everybody can come in and do it. So everything was now on the table, everything except this one item. It was remarkable. Okay, so... Here we are. Everything's improved. The world is looking great. Quantitative tightening. And that's what's happening right now. And there's a quantitative tightening plan and they've announced what it is. And it's going to be $60 billion per month. Right, Jeff? It will be. And here is, it will be. Yes. Yes.
1: It's 30 billion currently starting in September. It's going to move up to 60.
0: Okay. Quote, for treasury securities, the cap will initially be set at 30 billion per month. And after three months, will increase to $60 billion per month. The decline in holdings of treasury securities under this monthly cap will include treasury coupon securities and coupons of notes and bonds, right? Those are the things that offer coupons. And to the extent that coupon maturities are less than the monthly cap, treasury bills. So... Treasury bills are an afterthought. Jeff, what are they saying here? Tell the audience.
1: Well, okay. So if QE is actually QT, so if quantitative easing Mm. is actually tightening because it removes collateral, then the idea is, well, maybe QT is QE. Because if QT is actually putting collateral back in the system or the Fed not buying as much collateral, maybe it'll actually have a helpful effect. And the reason I actually wrote this article and went through this is because Steve Van Meter and I were talking about, hey, let's talk about this QT. Let's talk about what's going on. We know Treasury bills are in really short supply. They were there was a run on Treasury bills. In fact, in the middle of June, coincident to all those financial fireworks. So, will QT actually help? And he said, you know, he heard out there in, in the hinterlands of Twitter and social media that the Fed is going to be running off a lot of Treasury bills because they don't have enough maturities and in, in the coupons and the notes and bonds. And so he said, hey, would you take a look and see what it looks like? So I put together the schedule for Steve Van Meter because again. If QE is actually QT, then maybe QT is actually QE. And in terms of treasury bills, which are really where the problem lies, QT isn't actually going to run off all that many treasury bills. And you can look this up on Federal Reserve Bank of New York's website. They have a listing of all their SOMA securities. You can sort them out by when they're maturing. You can see exactly what the schedule is going to be, or at least have have an idea of what the schedule is going to be in advance. And what you see is that starting in September, they're right. They're not going to have enough coupons to that are going to mature. So they're going to actually have to allow some of the bills to mature, too, which means that they're they're allowing the bills to the bills that are going to mature to roll off and then not reinvesting the proceeds and buying more bills. So that's what the Fed has been doing ever since the end of March of 2020 is that they've been reinvesting and keeping the level of Treasury bills in their portfolio at exactly I think it's three hundred and twenty six billion $44 million for all those weeks since the end of March of 2020, which means in the month of September, the Fed is going to buy or reinvest about 16 billion fewer bills, as well as in the month of October, about the same. So six, so about 32 billion. The Fed's going to buy less at auction than it had before, which means over the next couple of months, there's going to be about 32 billion more left for the private market that the Fed is not going to take out of it. But then after that, there's really minimal runoff in the bill part of the summer portfolio because there's lots of notes and bonds coming due over those months ahead. And that's
0: my contention that this is proof that they don't know what they're doing. If they knew what they were doing, they would prioritize bills. Yes. Am I wrong? I Jeff? would
1: agree with you. And they see, and that's the other thing is that, you know, the Treasury Department too has been they don't know what's going well, on it's either not because fault, they've been
0: right. Yeah. Well, I guess I don't know. Up
1: until, re- up until the middle of July, Treasury has been cutting back on Treasury bills because the Treasury Department's focus is on maintaining and managing the deficit. They don't have a monetary mandate or monetary understanding. Mrs. Janet Yellen's department, after all. <laughs> That's a good joke. Not that it was any different under Mnuchin or anybody else beforehand, but still. Um, the Treasury has no monetary mandate, so they're not looking at Treasury bills as mon- useful currency. They're looking at them as instruments to finance the debt. So as the debt deficits have come down, they do what you know the Treasury deficit manual says, which is issue less bills. Now they've issued more since the middle of July because they've heard from the market that these bills are incredibly popular. And the prices reflect the fact that they're incredibly popular. In fact, they're converting a cash management bill, which is a temporary issue, or at least it has been a temporary issue over the last couple of years, into a new four-month Benchmark Treasury bill because Treasury bills are so popular. So they recognize that there's market demand for these things. They've increased the issuance of them over the last month and a half or month or so, but still the prices of bills reflect an excessive amount of demand for collateral,
0: a shortage, scarcity. And it's just, Jeff, that right now we're on the tip of recession. We're in a slowdown where something may come along and push us off into a crisis, perhaps. This is the time when they should be disgorging those collateral uh, assets right now, the treasury bills, but they have no idea about it. It's just distressing, you know, during globally synchronized growth or reflation. Okay, I guess, but now is when we need them. And they're not. They don't care. They don't even know. They're just falling ass backwards into. Well, the math says we got to sell some more stuff. All right. Well, what's this? Let's sell that. There we go.
1: That's the thing. They're a bureaucracy and they follow a certain set of rules. So it's not that they're not aware of collateral insufficiency or that their problem in the repo markets is that that doesn't. That's not in their bureaucratic manual. This is not how you run their version of a central bank. So they've prioritized this psychological manipulation through bank reserves instead of doing something technically useful inside the plumbing, so to speak. And that's really what the issue here is that rather than fix what is an actual problem, they're sticking to this other bureaucratic playbook because that's what the Fed actually is it's a bureaucracy. And they're gonna they're gonna ride this out no matter what. Wonderful.
0: <laughs> Super
1: great. Exactly.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. I'll talk to you again next week.
1: Okay, Emil, just before we go, we need to oh, yes. we need to thank, thank our members and to let people know that there's exclusive content available on our website, eurodollar.university. We're talking about QE, why it can't ever work, what's really going on there, um, bank balance sheet construction, collateral, all this other stuff. I do a QA, and a we do a QA every once in a while. Every week we're trying to do them because there's lots of questions. So members have the ability to submit questions. We'll answer them as much as we can, as best as we possibly can. There's all sorts of exclusive content there on the uh, member site at Eurodollar.university. So check us out there. And for all the members who have signed up, there's, there's 300 of you now, which is huge, huge, huge thank you to everybody for helping us with the show, with the membership, with all this, all uh, the Eurodollar stuff that we do. So Eurodollar.university, check out the members. And for members, we've got more content. We're, we're about to record another QE study. So look forward to that too.